It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All beam. Yeah, baby! Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Monday, <laughs> November 26th, and uh, man, it's Victory Monday around these parts, Hey, brother. man, it's a great I, day to be a Buckeye, I'll whew, tell you that much. My goodness. I, uh, Well, as all of you know, that listen to this podcast on Friday, I picked Michigan, and I was dead wrong because the Buckeyes hey, said, you know what, brother? We're going to send a plate of crow to your crib, and you're going to enjoy it and all And how good does it taste, long. though? Eh, it tastes pretty good. It tastes It all tastes right. pretty good. It tastes it okay. It tastes pretty good because, look, the Buckeyes, they came out on Saturday, <sighs> and they laid down a whooping on the Michigan Wolverines. If you hadn't haven't seen the final score, 62 to 39. Mm. Yeah, that's right. 62 <laughs> to <laughs> 39. <laughs> and you guys Boy. know... We talked about it all last week, Beam and I, how much respect we have for this Michigan defense, what they've oh, yeah. been able to do all year long. Um, I mean, they gave up, what, an average of 13.5 points a game? Sure. 13.5 points a game coming in uh, to, the, to the matchup on Saturday against Ohio State. Ohio State puts up 62, and honestly, they could have put 70 on their heads if they really wanted to. This was an absolute incredible performance by this team. I don't think anyone could have seen this coming. Not right? this. I think some people felt good about Ohio State because they were playing at home. And the way this rivalry works, you never really know, especially from an emotional standpoint, what you're going to get from either team, either coach, whatever the case is. And it was another case of that, man. And look, Ohio State, they just came into this thing and they didn't care what Michigan had done all year long. And I was talking to Brad. He's a promotions Brad on there. We did the fantasy show out at Nasty yesterday. You came out Mm -hmm. and had a good time. And he said they were at the skull session, right? And Paris Campbell came up there, and he mentioned, you know, the Karan Higdon thing. Yeah. And look, for us, I know you didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought it was a big of a deal, pretty big deal. But for those guys in that locker room, yeah. it mattered. It mattered, right? And I was the one saying they need to put that thing on a continuous loop all week long and to get did. those goals fired up. And they probably did. Whether yeah. it was the coaches or whether it was just the veterans on that team, they took it personal, right? And little things like that absolutely matter, especially when you hear all week long from guys like me, from national pundits, that this is the year Michigan's going to get it done. They're the better team X and O wise. I think Ohio State will always have the better head coach on that sideline as long as Urban Meyer's here uh, with Harbaugh there because now I I think comfortably – I can say that Harbaugh is a bit overrated. Yeah. Right? I think we get caught up in this, not you and I, but I think a lot of people get caught up in this every single year of Harbaugh being this incredible offensive mind, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, the guy that d- deserves the most credit for Michigan's success during Harbaugh's tenure is Don Brown. Because this defense, year in and year out, week in and week out, has been absolutely dynamite. And offensively, that's always been the struggle. And we saw it again on Saturday. To where you held Karan Higdon to what seventy-two yards in the game? Yeah, absolutely incredible performance by this defense. We'll get to the offense, but I think because you and I weren't worried about the offense, that's not what we were worried about. It was more of what are we going to get defensively against this team, especially coming out of the Maryland game where we watched them run all over Ohio State. 
But Beam, just absolutely incredible what they did, holding Shea Patterson to 187, holding Karan Higdon to 72 here. I mean, it was absolutely spectacular what this defense did. You got to show them a lot, a ton of love. I know Nico Collins kind of got off on a little bit on Kendall Sheffield, but I thought that was pretty good coverage, right, on those two touchdowns. You got to give him credit. I mean, you um, look at a guy like Nico Collins, Maddie, and, uh, you know, if Ohio State's offense wasn't doing – what they were doing all day, we would have looked at Nico Collins the same way that Ohio State fans are looking at Chris Olave Man, how about that? Uh, this Monday. I mean, we would have looked at him as a Buckeye slayer. I mean, he goes up, and you look you look at it, and it looked like a mirror image of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that guy went up both times, double double Incredible. air, double hands in the sky, yep. late hands too, yep. which is great. Yeah. You know, that's what receivers are always taught, no doubt. is don't give yourself away yeah. because the defensive backs can read it. And what yes. did he do? While the ball was in the pinnacle of the air, I mean, he's still running. He stopped and he looks all right at the last second I'm going to jump I'm going to extend my hands yeah, yeah. out there you have to give Nico Collins props a because he love. played yes, a great to. game you have to and, and you just mentioned I mean how about Malik Harrison yeah right dog I mean all yeah. year long we've been talking yeah. about these linebackers and how they've been out of position the missed tackles we heard Urban and the coaches talk about this so it's not just us um these guys absolutely stepped up but Malik Harrison he was looking like Ray Lewis out sure there, he looking was. like Brian Urlacher out yeah. there. He was absolutely everywhere. And I thought Joel Klatt and those guys, Gus Johnson, they did a great job of highlighting how disciplined he was, right? Because with the play action stuff mm-hmm. and all that stuff, they were trying to get him out of position. He wasn't biting on it because it could have been so easy for him being to know in the back of his mind, man, Michigan, they want to run the rock. They want to run the rock. They want to run the rock. But he was staying in position. He was all over the place. So that was the guy to me that I thought was the MVP of the defense right there. When you talk about the way he played. Now, I know Tough Borland ended up with seven tackles, but you just watched 39 all day all on Saturday, all afternoon on Saturday. He had the game of his career here yeah. at Ohio State, and it was absolutely needed because that's, let's face it, Buckeye Nation, you and I, there were no concerns about this offense. You know with number seven back there, pretty much all things are possible. With this receiving core who had another big day, mm-hmm. all things are possible with them. And Mike Weber stepping up. we got to give the offensive line some love. But defensively, that's where all the question marks were. And Malik Harrison, Tough Borland, these linebackers, man, they showed up and absolutely balled out. And I know there's some guys on the D-line that you want to talk about because you mentioned them on Friday. And one of your guys from D-Town stepped up and had a heck of a game too, I thought. Of course he did. You look at Robert Landers and what he was able to do, the amount of penetration that he was able to get in the backfield. And listen, Michigan all year, you know, their offensive line hasn't been like world beaters, uh, but they've been good enough to give Shea Patterson some time. They've been good enough to clear out some room for Karan Higdon. But you look at this game on Saturday, and I think ultimately whatever – not even every college football game, but every every NFL game, every high school game, every college game, whatever, I think you can truly say that every game is one in the trenches. And you look at what Ohio State's defensive line did on Saturday, this is the defensive line that we were expecting at the beginning of the year. Yep. This was the defensive line that we looked at and said, all right, with Nick Bosa and Chase Young coming off the ends, this is going to be a problem. And so Ohio State won the, won the battle of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, Robert Landers, big game Bobby. I mean, he was out oh, there man. eating. Davon Hamilton, I thought, had a, an incredible game. That's kid. right, yeah. Jonathan Cooper, Gehanna kid, yep. I thought he had a phenomenal game no too. Doubt, man. You look at Chase Young, the predator out there, yeah. he had a, a great game. And so what this defensive line was able to do, Maddie, and we just talked to Malik, about Malik Harrison and extent here it was able to open the linebackers up Mm -hmm. because for so long 
you know, we criticize the linebacking play and we criticize Bill Davis for not putting guys in spaces that they needed to be and being too close to the line of scrimmage. And listen, I think that that was an adjustment that was needed. Yeah. They did that. They put the linebackers in great spots. But what allowed them to roam freely and what allowed them to make plays yeah. was that the defensive line kept their contain. They did everything the responsibility needed to do. They allowed their playmakers behind them to go out there and make plays. Yeah. And so, you know, really what Michigan has been based on all year has been a heavy run game with Karan Higdon and that play action pass. And so when you get that going, when you get a defensive line who is allowing Karan Higdon to only average two and a half, three yards per carry, that allows your linebackers to stay at home a little bit more and not bite on the run play. Because if he was out there gashing people, then the linebackers are going to have to bite and fill every hole. But since that didn't happen and that D-line was getting so much good pressure and so much good push, then that allowed your linebackers, that allowed Malik Harrison to have the game, that Mm -hmm. allowed Tough Borland, that allowed Pete Werner to get time and space and be able to do what they need to do as the linebackers of this unit. So you can't speak highly enough. Even though the scoreboard says 39 for Michigan, mm-hmm. all right, you look at that and you say, okay, well, if Demario McCall didn't have that little fumble before the end of the first half, yep. that's seven points. And then uh, when Milton came in, you know, I mean, you yeah. look, that was garbage time. It was, it that was, was garbage, garbage time. time. So you can wipe off 21 oh, points off the board for Michigan there and say, listen, this Ohio State defense Dominated allowed 18 points Dominated to Michigan's them. offense. Eight Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that, right? And you talk about 11 total tackles between Malik Harrison and B.B. Landers, three of those tackles for losses. So they were just whooping Michigan's offensive line all game long. And you mentioned Chase Young, right? He had some some of those plays to where you saw, okay, that's why he has the nickname the Predator, right? Because this is a guy that you and I have been not really calling out, but we just have so much high expectation for him because we know what he can be in his future. Then we haven't seen it yet since Nick Bosa departed. And that's fine because it takes time for dudes to realize, hey, when I'm the Man, it's a totally different ball game out yeah. here as far as what I'm seeing from offensive lines and different offenses. So, no, defensively, we can't talk highly enough about how those guys play. Now, I think one thing that we should address, and I know a lot of people are irritated by the way the defensive backs play, right? Play the ball. Kendall Sheffield, to me, that's good coverage. That's good coverage, On the two right? touchdown. Kick, right. Yeah. When you talk about getting their heads around, those guys are talking. I talked to Dave Biddle. He covers for uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State football for Bucknuts. We've had him on the pod before. He's taught that because in the NFL you have to turn your head around. In college, you don't have to. Those guys feel like it's a tougher matchup for you to catch the ball when I'm right in your grill face-to-face than it is if I turn around and I can lose you on the back end. So, no, it is a frustrating thing for me even because – I wouldn't want my DBs to find the ball, right? And you're talking about maybe if Kendall snap Sheffield, your head around, yeah. yeah, if he does snap his head around, maybe he does swat that ball away. Who knows? But like you said, you got to give Nico Collins some love because those were absolutely yeah. incredible plays oh, that yeah. he made. But we're just picking at things here because now what you're talking about is you've got a team that's playing for a Big Ten championship game mm-hmm. right down the road in Indy on Saturday against Northwestern, who you know is going to be a tough out, right? Regardless of how what their record says. You know Pat Fitzgerald is going to have his squad ready to go on Saturday. But for Ohio State, Beam, can they continue to take this defensive momentum, like you said, without those garbage time touchdowns? Can they take this momentum, go down to Indy, and they are 14-point favorite. They're yeah. the better team on Saturday. I don't want to see a letdown. We'll talk more about that. But just defensively, I think Buccaneers should, f- should feel great about what they got because offensively, you know what you're going to get for the most part from this team. They're, They're an absolute problem. The number two overall, I think, scoring offense coming yeah. into the game on Saturday. But defensively, man, they just blew me away. Like I said, I can't speak highly enough about how these cats played because I was not expecting this at all. If you told me Ohio State was going to come into this game and score 62 points, well, I'd say, well, Michigan had at least 50-something. At least 50-something, maybe even more, because if they got into a bit of a shootout, 
I could see that being a style of game for Ohio State, but they completely just dominated, put the clamps down, and said Michigan not this year. Better luck next year, maybe. Yeah, and it was, uh, it really was, Maddie. Uh, you get to that, you get to halftime in that game, right? You had the Demario McCall fumble. Uh, so Michigan makes it a 21-19 game at that point. You go in uh, from the, you know, probably the the best thinking you can think of, like, oh my God, Ohio State's going to dominate this right. game. Michigan comes back and makes it a two point game at halftime. As soon as that kickoff happened in the second half, I mean, it was a, a freaking, it was a light switch yeah, it was on that just pew, yeah. went off. And if Ohio State plays that way, right. and I know that we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this pending, you know, Saturday's sure. game against Northwestern, um, but. I'm telling you, man, Ohio State plays that same way. There's no reason they can't compete with anyone in college football. I agree because you you watched the game. I don't know if you were at a bar or something I like that. I was here. Okay. I was in the station so, watching it. Me and Bone were watching so the So I thought Joe Klatt brought up a great point about what we've seen from the perception of the Bamas and the Clemson's great teams, right? Yeah. But he was pretty much saying, why can't Ohio State compete with them? Because of the trigger man that they have. Sure. Because those teams, when you get into those type of games and it's Tua or it's Trevor Lawrence or it's Kyler Murray, whoever the case is, or Jake Ian Fromm, Bull, Jake Fromm, yeah. either Dwayne. one of those guys, Dwayne yeah. can compete with those guys. He can keep you in those games. Well, for some reason, Ohio State does happen to sneak into the playoff. I don't think it's going to happen unless Texas does knock off Oklahoma, but we'll get to all that. I, I just really thought that was a great point that he brought up because when you really sit back and think about that, We've been calling uh, Dwayne the easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl all season long. Yeah, he's the best makeup you can have. It absolutely matters. You yeah. see it at every level of football, whether it's NFL or college. When you got a guy like that that can spin the rock and keep you in the game and go get quick scores when you're down, you're never out of a game. So, no, I, I'm with you on that. That with The way that they played on Saturday, that is an absolutely national championship caliber squad right there. And we're going to see if it can continue uh, this week and hopefully uh, in the college football play. We're going to take a quick break here, talk about this offense, play some urban before you, but and we got to talk about an injury uh, to the offense. But before we do that, I want to let you know about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the games. You need to watch the games. Or you're sick of playing for 20 channels that you never watch when you just want to see your team win. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. You get $30 a month, ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, and more. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked on listeners get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. We'll be back in a second. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So this cat, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I don't know if we have any more nice words to say about him. Um, I'm with you. I'm at a loss for words. Uh, You know, we've talked about this at length on this podcast. Yeah. Coming into the season, we knew that he was going to be good. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the show that I host... uh, (laughs) As a Hall of Famer, James Laurinaitis is in here, you know, pu- pushing his uh, face <laughs> up against the glass, making some nice gestures towards us. But yeah, Maddie, like you knew that Dwayne was going to be a different Ohio State kind of quarterback. Yep. We knew that he was going to be a guy who was going to sit back there in the pocket and sling the ball around. Yes, okay, sir. but really, I-, I think what I have been the most impressed with with Dwayne Haskins outside of his rocket arm and being able to put balls and strings wherever it was, is that Dwayne Haskins. Um, like mental fortitudeness of saying, listen, I know that I'm a pocket passer, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, if you need me to run the ball, and if this is going to be the offense, listen, I know I'm not as good as JT Barrett. I know I'm not as good as Tate Martell with running the ball, but it keeps defenses honest. And listen, give props to Urban Meyer, give props to Ryan Day, because the way that they called that game 
and the way that you did it just enough. You didn't see him run the ball 25 times, but they did it just all enough all to keep a defense honest. Right. And how many deep balls did you see oh, Dwayne Haskins? I mean, they open. were just killing, killing Michigan them. on that little wheel route yep. with Weber and Dobbins out of the backfield. Yep. Those outside linebackers, Devin Bush, Can't hang. Stood, they didn't stand a chance. And Devin Bush is arguably the best linebacker in college football. Right. So you mentioned those wheel routes. I thought the play calling was absolutely incredible. Yep. You saw him in the first half with those crossing patterns. They were killing him with it, whether it was Paris, <laughs> yeah. KJ, whoever Check it down. is, Let's go. all day long. And then in the second half, when they knew that the safeties and the linebackers were going to start biting on that, what did they do, Ben? They yeah. took the top off the defense. They utilized Dwayne Haskins' arm like no other. And we talked about this coming out of the Maryland game. When you get those 15 carries against Maryland and they got that on film, you have to respect it. So, no, props to the coaching staff and props to Dwayne Haskins for putting on his big boy pants and saying, you know what, the squad needs more than my arm. And that's exactly what they got. I wanted to bring this up because this is coming from Kyle Austin of MLive.com after the game. I guess Dwayne Haskins said after watching film I was licking my chops I see the one high covers and that's a quarterback's dream I feel like we could do anything we really wanted on offense this is coming from Paris Campbell we had momentum we were really really rolling I just felt like everything was open for us at that point and look it's true based off those quotes it was absolutely true right and that's amazing when you talk about this defense that we've seen from Michigan all year long. And those guys knew that there was going to be points in the game to where they could exploit this defense and completely embarrass them. And that's exactly what they did. It was tremendous play calling by Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, Urban Meyer, all those guys involved on offense to really just understand the weakness of this defense and not just say, hey, you know what? We're going to try to beat you at your own game, and we're going to try to run it down your throat throughout the game. They knew, that, the, and we all knew, the strength of this year's squad was the quarterback and the pass catchers. Now, yeah. look, Mike Weber had a solid game. He really had a really good game. I was really impressed with him. But I thought their ability to back off the linebackers, back off the safeties, and like I said, change up the passing uh, play calling from the first half to second half is really what elevated. I mean, you just think about the Johnny Dixon touchdown deep in the corner or how wide open he was. Sure. That's confusion on defense. They didn't know what was going on, right? Then you talk about the little option flip that uh, Dwayne gets to Mike Weber. I mean, that's respecting the run game. So yeah. they had them so off balance going back and forth. Mission didn't go what didn't know what to do. And to me, as we see her talking about it on Monday beam, I still can't believe that they had them that confused because Don Brown is arguably the best defensive coordinator in college football. Sure. Right? Uh, he and give me the guy from Clemson. It's um, um Venable. Brent yes, Venables. Brent Venable. Yeah. Those two guys are, you know, well known as the best college football minds defensively yeah. out there. Now I know Nick Saban coaches DBs and all that too, but just overall what those guys have been able to do is absolutely incredible. So shout out to the Ohio State offense, man. They absolutely abuse this Michigan defense, and I don't think anyone saw this coming to this level. At least no, not me. No, I didn't either. And But we've said that all year. As long as you have number seven, you know, strapping up his chin strap and putting that helmet on, I think that you have a chance to go. And these wide receivers, uh, these running backs, you know, all year have leave you, have left you wanting, wanting more. Yep. But, Maddie, I mean, it's just, you know, it's shocking to me. That's, that's the number one defense in the country. All right? They <laughs> By a wide margin. Down Everybody, Everybody that they play. Everybody. And we're talking about Ohio State almost dropping 70 on them. Almost, they could have. That's what I'm saying. You didn't double up their normal point total. You didn't triple it up. You didn't quadruple it up. You almost multiplied that sucker oh, by man. five times. Nasty. In Just a nasty, game man. where Michigan was close to getting into the college football playoff. They, they had win it all that in game. Front of them. You go to Northwestern. You're in. You, you win the Big Ten Championship. You're in. It's you're a in. lock. Done. Michigan wins that game. Yes. They win the yes. Big Ten Championship. They're yeah. in the college football finals. Real quick, because I know you got to hear your Sling TV read. We have to show love to Chris Olave. Like, we, we have to give Wolverine him a couple. Wolverine Slayer, man. Man, I saw your tweet, and I thought you absolutely nailed that. This cat 
freshman. And look, we've been hearing this for weeks now from the veteran receivers. How ready this dude was coming into campus. Everybody was saying Chris Olave is ready to play right now. What does he do? He goes into the end zone twice, and he also causes another touchdown on the block punt. Yeah. Seven banks. I've, it was amazing. That thing just falls into seven Literally banks. Right. I'm screaming in the office. <laughs> right. Like It just looked like it was slow motion because he knew he was going right. to get under that thing. And seven banks just catches yeah. this thing and gets into the end zone. Absolutely incredible performance by Chris Olave. He's going to go down in the history books, right? As one of the most to... vital pieces in this rivalry's yeah. history. For this chapter, sure. He is the guy, of course, you know, Dwayne Hassan gets a lot of love in the defense here too, but this freshman man to come into this game and have the guts and step up and play the way he played two catches for 48, both those catches, two touchdowns, and like we just said, a block punt. I mean, you can't talk about him enough. And now we know the sky's the limit for him. You and I like what we saw in Michigan State a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? He made some catches in that game yeah. because it's a tough defense, and we were like, okay, you know what? This cat may be ready to play, and ironically enough, if Austin Mack doesn't get hurt, I don't think we ever see Chris Olave, no. right? Because he's the veteran guy. He probably would have got yeah. the most reps, but give credit to him. And again, Brian Hartline, man, for Savage. him to hop on this yeah. on this ship that was very rocky, right? We all know what was going down. Oh, yeah. And for him to keep all these cats focused and get this guy ready to play in the biggest game of the year, Chris Olave, man, shout out to you because you were absolute balling on Saturday against Michigan. Yeah, he doesn't need to do anything else. I mean... He will do something else will. in his Ohio State career, but he can literally just retire now and live the rest <laughs> of his life in Columbus as a legend for what he did right. uh, on Saturday. Maddie, let me tell you about our friends over at Sling yeah. TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Well, Sling TV is the best way for you to watch college football for only $30 a month. Get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, and more. Stream it on your big screen and all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV, TV that you love, except it's only better there are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go to Sling TV and check our guys out. This is Locked On Buckeyes, your team every day. All right, well, so let's hear from the big dog. When we, let's start, we just mentioned uh, Chris Olave. So let's hear about uh, how Urban thought about the freshman. He's a monster. Yeah. Yeah, he is a uh, Buckeye Nation. Get used to that one now. That's uh, that's a real deal. Comes from an incredible family. Came all the way across the country to be a Buckeye, and you could see right out of the jump when he started practicing. He's got he's got the it, and he's on my punt team. He's uh, obviously a punt blocker. You know, Greg Shiano picked him to go block that punt. There's very few that can get there. And uh, he did it. So there it is again. I mean, we yeah. mentioned what the players were saying from when this cat stepped on the campus. Now you heard it from the head dog that this dude was ready to go. And it reminds me of last year with J.K. Dobbins, how we heard so much about mm-hmm. J.K. throughout the uh, preseason and fall camp and all that stuff. Now with Chris Olave, he had to wait a little bit. And unfortunately, it was due to an injury. Yeah. But everyone in that building knew that Chris Olave was the real deal, like Urban just said. And he was ready to play when he got here. So, no, next year moving forward, we talk about Austin Mack probably returning. Chris Olave. Those guys are going to be the guys that are going to be relied on a lot. Benjamin Victor. Yeah. All those guys are going to have to be the vets in that locker room. But like you said, man, this cat could never play a snap again. And he could go down to Thurman's and get free burgers for the rest of his life here yeah. in Columbus. Or Tommy's Pizza and get free pizzas the rest of his life. Because when you make an impact like that in this game buckeye nation will never forget and rightfully so because man 
win. Those were big momentum plays, and that block punt to me was almost a nail in the coffin for Michigan. Yeah, it was, and uh, you just you look at what Ohio State did all day. I mean, it was just it was their day. Yep. You know, I mean, we can talk about matchups and everything, and I know that we said you know you can throw that all out the window. Uh, when this game comes around and you play the 115th installment of Ohio State versus Michigan. But really, Maddie, I mean, you look at Dwayne Haskins, and that guy breaks Painter's record for single-season yards for the Big Ten. He breaks Drew Brees' touchdown record, which yeah. was 40 right. on the year. Dwayne's now sitting on 42 because they changed that Paris yep. uh, touchdown to a pass instead of a run. Yeah. But you just you look at what this guy has done, man. I mean, it's, scary. it's unbelievable. It's scary. It's what scary. this guy can do. And, you know, I know we talked about Matt Miller uh, a couple weeks ago saying yep. Dwayne Haskins is coming back to school. After that performance, after an NFL defensive caliber player that out. Michigan has on their team, no way. No. There's, there's, there ain't no way. Ain't no way. Go get he's the bag. Back. No, I agree. Yeah, go get the bag. I think it would be you know, not stupid, but I think it would be a big mistake, especially when you talk about injury risk and all that stuff. And next year, you're going to have to battle with Tua maybe for the top spot and all that stuff. And uh, from from Georgia, no. Go get the money right now if you're doing has to. Because you and I honestly believe that he's going to have a real chance to be QB1. QB1. Oh, I you're, don't think there's any argument. I think he is QB1. QB1. And look, yeah. there's a scenario that exists. That there's going to be Buckeyes taking first and second overall in the draft. Sure. Here's where everybody are talking about uh, the offense's performance versus Michigan. I just think Ryan Day and, and Kevin, everybody, I mean, I think we're second offense in America. You know, and that's, I know we struggle all the time or whatever, but second offense in America and just put a bunch of yards on the number one defense in America. So um, I just, you know, great players and, and a really good offensive staff, and that's how you do what you did. Did, oh. we, did we see that? No. No, the guys just went out and played. Nobody saw that coming. Come on, Herbs. Nobody saw Nobody that, Nobody saw that coming. How about of course the little not. jab that he threw there? He's like, you know, it. when your offense is kind of struggling a little bit, and, uh, well, people say that, then you go out there and do that. And, uh, no, that was against the number one defense in the country, too. So how about that, Jimmy Boy? I love, it. I love mm. that one. You know, Jimmy Boy, that's going to be a long week up in Michigan doing radio up there. That is going to be a long oh, week. Yeah. Uh, last one here, and we'll get out of here. Uh, here's Urban talking about avoiding a letdown after the big win over that team up north. Uh, we'll find out. I, we've, we've been there a couple times. Uh, that's our goal in the weight room. When you walk in, you see a sign that says, get to Indy. And they did, so that's my job and our staff's job and our leader's job. I don't I don't think it'll be big. I think this is going to be uh, enjoy their families and then uh, back to work tomorrow. Yeah, they got to keep pushing. They got to keep pushing. Now, I know, and this happens a ton in sports, right? That that That's the one thing that's scaring me this week is an emotional letdown because when you look at Northwestern, you look at the amount of losses they have, you look at the point spread, everybody's going to be telling you all week how great you are, how great the defense is. Mm-hmm. You don't need to buy into that because you and I know if these games with Northwestern, they get tricky. you got to respect Pat Fitzgerald and his coaching style. His players, they're going to play tough, right? And if Clayton Thorson, I know he's been banged up, right? Yeah. Very much so, but he's a guy that coming into this year, a lot of NFL scouts and all these draft people that you and I read all their stuff, they're pretty high on. This is a guy that a lot of people thought had a chance to go maybe in the third round, maybe second round if he had a good year. So this is a guy that can make NFL caliber throws. So if we talk about those Nico Collins touchdowns. Clayton Thorson has that ability to do that. But to me, that's going to be the big thing because X and O wise being 
they are the better team. It's just going to be a psychological thing all week long of getting back up for Northwestern. But it should be enough when you got a chance to make history and become a Big Ten champion on Saturday night. Of course it is. And you know, a quick preview of Northwestern, Maddie. If this game uh, was at Northwestern, that tall grass that they have there, I mean, that's great equalizer, right? Yep. You know, you go there and that's a slow surface, just like Purdue. They lost Jeremy Larkin earlier in yep, the year. That was their leading blow. rusher. Yep. I mean, they they're they're. Their issues on the run game on the ground have been well documented this yeah. year. You know they're they're very very uh, they're a bad rushing team. Yep. And so if you're putting Clayson, Clayton Thorson uh, in situations where he's going to have to throw the ball fifty or sixty times, and you have this offense that's going to be out on the field, I mean, if you go three and out with yeah. incompletions, I think it could possibly be a long day for yeah. Northwestern. But I think having this track in Indianapolis, in this field, mm-hmm. where Ohio State is used to playing there, right? This is their fourth Big Ten championship game in the Urban Meyer era, all right? This is their fourth time they've been to Indy uh, with Urban Meyer at the helms. They know the landscape. They know what the deal is. Yep. They've been here before. Northwestern, there's uncharted territories for no them. Idea. They've, they've right. never been here. They yes. don't know the pressure. And so for me, going into this game, you execute and you play the same way that you did last week. You should dominate. You, you, should, you should roll yeah. Northwestern. But the thing is, you have to come out motivated. Yes. You have to come out hungry. Yes. If you come out and think you're going to sleepwalk your way through this one. Northwestern will make you pay. They'll punch you in the mouth. Absolutely. They, they will punch They'll you in the mouth. you pay. So it's on the veterans in that room, the Paris Campbells, to say, you know what, fellas? We had a great weekend on High Street. Throw it out. We shut down Brothers. We shut down Big Bar and all yeah. of that stuff. That's fine. But that's done. We got a chance to win a Big Ten championship, and we still have a shot to get into the college football playoff. Look. Still hoist that trophy at the end of the year, man. No Maddie. doubt. You got a shot. To get into this thing and play for a national championship, Buckeye Nation, it should be all cool hook em short shirts around Columbus all week long, right? <laughs> because that's okay, what you cool. need. Hook that's what you need. Uh, we'll dive in all that stuff. It's championship week. We'll play some other sound from some of the players reacting from Michigan and all that good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.